be worth it after all. Nowhere for me to hide now. Thank you for that singing. I hope you come this morning with an expectation to get something, because I'm going to tell you, it's a sweet spirit in here right now. Uh, go ahead and take your Bibles. Turn to Romans chapter 7. We'll be in the first, uh, a few verses of, uh, of chapter 6, but we'll be mostly in chapter 7. And, and keep the pastor and Susan in mind and Colin in prayer, because uh, I know that's going to be tough on them, leaving him there and coming home without him. Um, and I can tell you, this morning you're not going to hear anything new at all. I'm not some great theologian. I don't know what I am, but I am what I am by the grace of God. I have no idea. I just want to be real with you. Um, I'm, I'm a little rough around the edges, and that'll be all right. But we learn by repetition, do we not? I mean, I don't know about you, but the kids started back to school, and I think Brady, he's got geometry. And he was talking about the Pythagorean theorem. I don't even know how to spell it, much less what it does. Or think about when you were in school, long division maybe. I mean, could you go back and do long division right now? At one time I could do long division. I could use the Pythagorean theorem. But now I have no idea. Because it was repetition, I used it. If you don't use it, you lose it, right? So that's why you hear the same thing week after week after week after week. Because if you're like me, you have to hear it a lot to learn it. The book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you've been here one time or 101 times, we can't use that excuse. Because we have a man that stands right up here in this pulpit and preaches the truth week after week after week. And what we do with the truth is on us. It's not on him. It's not on our teachers. It's not on our choir leaders. It's not on our parents. It's not on our family. It's not on your best friends. It's on you. So this morning, again, nothing you've ever heard before. Maybe we'll hit it at a, diff a little different angle. But we'll start out, my, the, the message is called Between the Rock and a Hard Place. Between the Rock and a Hard Place. And where we're going to be this morning is we're going we're gonna to talk about that spiritual battle. That battle that we have going on inside of us on every day of the week. And you may say, well, everything's going pretty well for me right now. I don't really feel like, uh, I don't really lust after the flesh, so to speak. But I think you're going to find that once we get through the scripture here, you're going you're to re rethink that. I'm not going to ask you to stand this morning uh, because we're going to jump around. I'm going to read several different verses. And, and don't tune me out because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a 280-pound running back. It takes me a while to get going, but once I get going, I'm hard to stop. So right now, I'm just feeling myself around. But the book of Romans uh, has been called the, the, the constitution of Christianity. It's so full of doctrine, the teachings of Christ on sin and salvation and justification and reconciliation and sanctification and all those Asians that, that we learn about and, and we're taught about here. Um, but if you're here this morning... You've got to understand that the book of Romans is written to, called to be, what? Saints. Written to Christians. All right? So what is a Christian? We'll start out simple because I'm, I'm, I'm a very simple person. If there's a time where you realized you were a sinner 
and you needed a Savior, and you, and you understood that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, and there's none righteous, no, not one, and, and you understood that God sent His only begotten Son as a payment for your sin, and Christ died on the cross, was buried, and rose again the third day, and you put your faith and trust in the gospel, and you accepted Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit indwelt you that day at that moment, all you're ever going to get, called to be saints. That's a saint. That's a Christian. That's, that, that's, what the, that's who the book of Romans is written to. And in chapter 6, if you want to just kind of look there, verse 7 says that we are free from the power of sin. See, the day we got saved, what we became free from is the penalty of sin. See, the penalty of sin is an eternal separation from God in a place called hell created for the devil and his angels, wasn't even created for us, but that is an eternal separation from God. And we were free, when we accepted Christ as Savior, we were free from that penalty. We don't have to pay that because Jesus Christ paid it on the cross. We didn't do anything for it. We didn't do anything about it. All we did was put our faith and trust in what Christ did for us. So we're free from the penalty, but here in chapter 6, talks about free from the power of sin. Because we have, we have what we do positionally. We have who we are in Christ, and then we have who we are. How many of you know there's a difference between who you are in Christ and who you are? And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And we're just going to get real. We're going to get honest. And I want you to search yourself as I've challenged myself in this. Verse 6 of chapter 6, we'll just we'll look at that real quick. Knowing this, you've heard the pastor say before, no reckon and yield. Chapter 6, free, we don't have to sin, okay? We, if we know our old man is crucified with Christ, that's the, that's the no in verse 6. Galatians 2.20 said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay? So we got to know that our old man's crucified. And then there in verse 11 of chapter 6, we got a reckon. That's an accounting term. Take into account we are dead to sin. Consider the fact. Again, we don't have to sin. Penalty's already been paid for, but here in chapter 6, we don't have to sin. We have victory over the power of sin. No reckon. Take it into account. And then we need to yield. Chapter 6, verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield ye yourselves unto God as those that are alive and dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Yield yourselves, yield ourselves to God. Present ourselves daily, moment by moment. Not just every other day. Not just every 10 minutes. If you're like me, you have to have a... That's how we pray without ceasing. I mean, we can't pray without ceasing. We have to have an a, a attitude of prayer without ceasing. Understand who you are in Christ, but understand who you are. And today we're going to look at who we are. Look at verse 14 there in chapter 6, and then we'll get started. Thank God for this. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but we're under grace. It's by grace that you're saved through faith, not of yourself, lest any man should boast. Now, you didn't do anything for it. You didn't do anything to get it. 
It's by grace. Chapter 7. We'll get started this morning. By the way, Christ didn't come to destroy the law, but he came to fulfill it. Right? Matthew 5, 17. So today, if you're here and you've accepted Christ as Savior, hey, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you did this morning, last night, a week from now, two weeks ago, listen, we have some promises. We have to understand our position. We have to understand who we are in Christ because that's the only way we can handle who we are. Who are we in Christ? You've heard this before. Ephesians 2.6 says we are seated together in heavenly places. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Hey, you've heard the pastor say before, hey, I like this. He got our sin, we got his righteousness. That's a pretty good trade. Justified, justified never sin. Romans 8.17, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Romans 8.25, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Ephesians 4.30, grieve not the Holy Spirit by which we are sealed till the day of redemption. Listen, like I was telling young adults this morning in Sunday school class, if you're here this morning and you've accepted, accepted Christ as Savior, there is absolutely nothing for us to worry about. I'll be honest, there's no, be, no reason to be anxious, no reason to be fearful in our position. That's not exactly where we live, is it? And so that is what I want to talk about this morning. That our future is settled, but we have the here and the now, and we've got reality. And what I want to talk about this morning is, is the reality. You say, yeah, my, my position is exactly what you just said, and, and I believe in the promises of Scripture, and, and I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, and so why am I so miserable at times? I don't know about you, but I get miserable at times. I mean, I just get down. And what we're going to see is we're not alone. Matter of fact, well, we'll get into it here in a second. Paul describes it here for us in chapter 7 of Romans. And by the way, you could take every person in here at our spiritual best, Put us all together, shake us up, and we probably wouldn't be half as spiritual as the Apostle Paul. Under the inspiration of God, Paul authored the book of Romans. You agree with that? All right? So this is not some ordinary guy. It's not some ordinary Dalton. If your name's Dalton, I apologize. It's not some jack-leg Dalton. This is the Apostle Paul who persecuted Christians who then on the road to Damascus had an encounter with Jesus, confessed Jesus as Lord, and it changed his life. And by the way, if you have an encounter, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it will change your life too. He may not change what you do outwardly immediately, but he's going to change how you feel about it inwardly. That's where we got to get to. Changed his life, became a missionary, stoned in the city of Lystra. And so they ran him out of town, and guess what? He came right back. So, I mean, we're not talking about some weak Christian that we tend to be. I mean, this guy wrote 13, 14 books of the Bible. Uh, authored 13, 14 books of the Bible. Same guy that said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. He said, hey, you want to see how it's done? Follow me as I follow Christ. So, chapter 7. Now we're going to change into 
Paul's going to tell us, yep, I told you in chapter 6 there under inspiration of God that we are free from the power of sin. Thank God we're free from the penalty when we accept Christ as Savior. Chapter 6 says we're free from the power. You don't have to sin. We don't have to. We say, we, well, the devil, no, he didn't. We don't have to sin. But the reality is chapter 7. He's going to let us in on it. He's going to let us in on how you live and how I live. Chapter 7, verse 14. You don't have to stand while we... Uh, while we read, but I'm going to read down all the way through the end of chapter 7 and, and, and read uh, verse 1 of chapter 8, and then we'll get right in. I said, man, that was opening? Yeah, I guess so. I told Monty this morning, I didn't know whether it's 5 minutes or 55. We're just going to go for it. He said, we'll just make it a series. Verse 14, chapter 7. Let me get there myself. For we know that the law is spiritual. Why is the law spiritual? Because it points us to Christ. Makes us realize we can't do it. Christ had to do it for us. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Now remember who's authoring this thing here. Under inspiration of God, this is Paul. The one we just talked about wrote 13, 14 books of the Bible. Persecuted Christians. Was a missionary. Remember who the author is. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would... That do I not, but what I hate, that I do. That do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is more. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. It's a tongue twister. Verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for this Word, for Your Word this morning. Lord, I pray that it would challenge us like it challenged me, God. I just pray that You would just uh, give me the words to say. I pray that You just muzzle me where I don't need to say anything, Lord. I pray that I wouldn't hold back. I pray that You just work through me. And if there's, there's one here this morning, Lord, that uh, is struggling with exactly what Paul is describing us to here, they get that right, confess, forsake, and move on. If there's one here that, that's never accepted that penalty, of sin, and they still have to pay it on their own, I pray that they would get that right. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So why are we so miserable if we have the truth? We've got all these promises, but we're so miserable. Here's why. Because we bat the battle we have is going on constantly between our flesh and our spirit. And I said this. Verses 14 through 23 basically describes how we live in the middle. Remember I said 
The name of the message is Between the Rock and a Hard Place. We live in the middle. Positionally, we're already seated in heavenly places. Practically, we live in the middle. Look at verse 14. The law is spiritual. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. The law is spiritual, as I said a while ago, because it points to Christ. Verse 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. That's a tongue twister, but hey, he's saying, hey, I don't understand what I do. What I want to do, I don't. But what I hate, that's what I do. How many of you right there? I'm going to tell you right now. That's a daily basis. Man, why did I do that? I can't believe I did that. And we beat ourselves up. And then we hunker down. And then we believe, well, you know them by their fruit. They must not have got it the first time. See what I'm saying? I got saved when I was 10 years old, no doubt in my mind. Not a doubt in my mind. In high school and through college, my testimony, testimony was absolutely horrible. If I were to listen to some folks, they say, well, you never got it right to start with because your fruit's not right. Hey, your fruit probably don't look good on every day of the week either. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, if you got it, confess it as sin, like 1 John 1, 9 says, forsake it and get on with the program. If you didn't get it to start with, get back on the train where you got off the track. I'm just here to tell you that a lot of times, and this ain't even enough. See what happens when you get up here? I'm here to tell you a lot of times we have people in our midst, whether it be in church or the workplace or wherever it is, and they're just struggling. Hey, they got it. They got the free gift. The penalty of sin has been paid for. And they're still struggling with the flesh that Paul's getting ready to explain to us about. And we done wrote them off. They didn't get it. And instead of explaining this principle to them, about how your vertical relationship, I tell the young adults all the time, most important thing about you is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to see right here in a minute, it's, it's personal. It doesn't matter, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. It's not your relationship with your church. It's not your relationship with your pastor, your family, your best friend, your Sunday school teacher. It's a personal relationship with Christ. That's the most important thing about you. You get the vertical part right, and the horizontal part will take care of itself. Verse 15, I don't understand what I do, what I, what I want to do, I don't, what I hate, that's what I do. Verse 16, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Hey, what he's saying there is that if, if I do what I want to do, I agree with the law that is good. Every time we sin, we agree with the law. That was the purpose of the law. Show us that we can't do it. We don't cut the mustard. We agree with the law every time we sin. Verse 18. No, verse 17, I'm sorry. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Not, not that I want to do, not what I want to do, but the sin that dwells in me. Hey, that, that word dwells means cohabits. It dwells there. It, it, it's in there whether you want it to be or not. Because I got a newsflash for you. When you got saved, your flesh didn't get saved. Only thing got saved is our soul. So wherever we go, guess what's with us? Our flesh. You can't get away from it. No matter where you go, it's there. Verse 18. He's about to tell it. Tell it. Now remember again, Paul. This is Paul. 
under the inspiration of God. For I know, verse 18, that in me, and he has to clarify right here, that is in my flesh. Why do you have to clarify that? Hey, because the day we got saved, you accepted Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit came and indwelt you. And he lives inside of you. That's why he had to clarify right there. Hey, that is in me, that is in my flesh. He said, there's something else going on inside of me, but I'm talking about my flesh right now. He said, there dwells no good thing. Now, I'm going to stop right there a second. What we do is when we talk about the flesh, we think, well, that's what you see on the outside. Oh, that's the alcoholics. That's the one that's at the bars. That's the one that's on the drugs, on the pills. That's the fornicators, the adulterers, the people that... That, 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 that's the ones that smoke, didn't chew, and don't go to the girls that do. Hey, that's part of it. But I'm going to tell you what. There's a lot of other people there that are angry, that are bitter. They look right, smell right, talk right. They come in and say all the right things. But they got some stuff going down on deep inside of them. They're jealous. They, they hide their unbelief. See, both of those are the flesh. Both of those are the flesh. He's saying, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Not, not just part of it. I ain't nothing. Listen, there is nothing about you any good or me either one besides Jesus Christ. The only thing good about me is i got the Holy Spirit living inside of me. That's it. That's it. Verse 19. For the good, that would I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Hey, what he's saying is, for what I want to do, I don't. But the evil that I don't want to do, I do. Hey, there's a difference between the sins of omission and sins of commission. What we always talk about are the sins of commission. The, the, the sins that we do outwardly that you see and we mess up. But I'm going to say you, right here, he splits it up and he says there's some sins of omissions too. Something God put on your heart and you don't do it. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If God wants you to do something for his glory and you don't do it, it's sin. So he's saying, hey, the, th the stuff that, 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 that I really want to do that I don't do, that's sin. And then the stuff that, that I do against the Lord, that's sin too. Look at verse 20. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. If I do what I don't want to do, it's sin that dwells in me. Verse 21, I find then a law. By the way, didn't he just say that a while ago? I mean, didn't he say basically the same thing a while ago? Hey, what I want to do, I don't do. What I do, I don't want to do. And I mean, it's a tongue twister. But basically he's saying, look, there is a battle going on inside of me. And he repeats it twice. That's the same thing that goes on inside of us. Same thing that goes on inside of us. Verse 21. He says, I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. When I want to do good, evil is present with me. Again, our flesh didn't get regenerated. We have our flesh. We can't get away from it. It's yours. Wear it. Okay? So what I'm telling you is, don't be surprised when your flesh lets you down. Don't be surprised when somebody else's flesh lets you down. That's why it's so important 
to understand. First, you've got to understand the battle that's going on. Then you, then you can figure out how to do something about it. But if, you, if we go around with our head in the sand and say, hey, there's no problems here. My spirit's good. If we don't understand the battle, the battle will get us. The battle will get us. Verse 22. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Now Paul's saying, look, I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in what? Is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. So he's saying, look, with my mind, I'm feeding that inward man. I delight in the law of the Lord. And, and, and I, in my meditation, in my, my constant thinking, that's what I'm, I'm pondering and thinking about. Verse 23. But I see another law. This is where we got to see it. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Hey, the other part of me that likes sin, warring against the law of my mind, making me a slave to my flesh, putting me in captivity, putting me in bondage. Here's what I'll tell you. My flesh, in my flesh, you, you, can, you can be honest with yourself. I'm just going to be honest with you. In my flesh, there's times I don't want to go to church. I don't want to come to church. There's times I don't want to read my Bible. There's times I don't want to study. Because it's in my flesh. But that's exactly the time we need to come. You ever notice when somebody falters, when somebody fades, when somebody, we call it backslide, call it whatever you want to, when they get unspiritual because they're fulfilling the lust of the flesh, they want to get as far away from us or you as possible. Would you agree with that? Because they like the flesh. I like some stuff. I'm just being honest with you. My flesh likes some things. And if I give my flesh half of a chance, When my, uh, when my family, when they leave and go out of town, I go see mom and dad. Partly because I need to see them, you know. I love them. Partly because I know what I'm capable of. Partly because I'm honest with myself. Partly because I know there's a battle going on. Partly because I'm one decision away, just like you are. One decision away from being exactly what we can do. I understand the battle. I understand the battle. Warring against the law of my mind, making me a slave. That's why we need to come to church. That's why we need to read. That's why we need to study. That's why we need to pray. That's why the most important thing about you is your personal relationship. So, we live in the middle. Hey, what does that do? Paul telling us here. He's struggling. Hey, probably the best Christian that ever walked the face of the earth. He's telling us about, he's got a flesh problem. But he's also got a spirit living with inside him. 
But when he fulfills the lust of the flesh and when we live in the middle and, and we don't try to do anything about it we, and we don't pray and we don't confess and forsake it, we live in the middle and then we're going to live the life of the miserable. Look at verse 24. What's he say? After he talks about this battle going on, he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched man that I am. Hey, he said, I'm a miserable person. Can anybody relate to that? Let me tell you, if you're here this morning and you've accepted Christ as Savior, I'm going to tell you, you can do anything you want to do. There's freedom in Christ. You can do anything you want to do. The difference is, if you've, if you've truly got the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you don't want to. Holy Spirit will wear you out. You are a miserable person. That's exactly where I live. I had that battle going on and I fed the flesh more than the Spirit and I was a miserable person. That's what Paul's saying here. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? See, everything we encounter, we encounter with our mind first. Our mind responds before anything else does. So if our mind responds and we don't handle it in our mind, guess where it's going to go? It's going to your body. What you don't handle in your mind is going to be born out in your body. That's why we can be physically ill. That's why we can be an emotional roller coaster. That's why we can be mentally unstable. Because we all got the same battle going on in us. If you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you got the same battle going on that I do. Verse 24, the end of the verse there, says, so what do we do about it? I mean, so far this thing's been negative. I mean, this thing is upside down. Everybody, we're, we got this battle going on inside of us. We're a miserable person. And I'm just telling you where we live. But here's the rest of the story right here. He says, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who can deliver me from, from this body of death? You notice he didn't say what. What can deliver me? How can I get out of it? He said who. Who can deliver me? And then we're going to look at the victory of the mindful. When we live in the middle, we will experience life with the miserable, as Paul told us here. But there's victory in the mindful. Victory in the mindful. Who can deliver me? Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself... Now, by the way, I myself... He didn't say, so with the mind, we all corporately serve. He said, I myself. It's important to understand that the battle is going on inside yourself. I mean, we don't need to, I don't need to worry about Jake's battle. He don't need to worry about my battle. We can help each other. We can pray for each other. But listen to me. We got enough problems on our own to handle our own battles that's going on inside of us without having to try to fix somebody else's battle. See what I mean? Hey, and, and, and I, didn't, I didn't say this, but, you know, when we got this battle going on inside, it's why it's a good idea to have accountability partners accountability part. Somebody you can confide in, confess your faults one to another, pray for each other. But here, here's, here's what we try to do. I mean, I'll be, what we try to do is we, have to, we, we, try to, we try to draft accountability part. 
We have somebody come to me and say, I'm going to be your... No, you ain't. I'll ask you if I want you to be my accountability partner. You see what I'm saying? It's a personal relationship. Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. He's saying, look, my flesh is not going anywhere. The battle continues on. But I'm going to tell you, we have victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not, it's not in the church. It's not in your pastor. It's not in your Sunday school teacher. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. A personal relationship is the only way that we're going to be able to handle the spiritual battle that we're in. That's why every time the doors are open to church, I'm not here all the time, but I can tell you this, I want to be here. You know why I want to be here? Not, not so you can say, I need to be here. I want to come because I need to be here because I know just a little bit of what my flesh is capable of. But I mean, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? If I know what I'm capable of, but I really don't even know my heart, that tells me that I need to be here because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know what I tell the young adults is, look, when we, when we learn all these truths of the Word of God, that's just the knowledge thing. We're really not growing in grace and the knowledge of God until we take those biblical truths. We face that trial, temptation, whatever you want to call it on Friday night. We yield to the Spirit instead of fulfilling what our flesh wants to do. Now we just took a step. Now we're growing. You're not growing just because you've got a bunch of knowledge. The Bible says knowledge puffs up. You know, the more we know, we get a little arrogant about ourselves, don't we? We need to know some things but we need to yield to the Spirit. Here's the, here's the, the bottom line is this. Which one we feed the most? You've heard the pastor say that. Whichever one we feed the most will win every single time between the flesh and the Spirit. Isn't that so simple? I mean, it's so simple, but we all raised both hands and said we struggle with the same thing. Because Paul, if he's going to struggle with it, you know we're going to struggle with it. Whichever one we feed the most, is going to win every single time. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds. The only way we can be transformed is renew our minds through His Word, through His Scripture. That's why we need to be under teaching. That's why we need to be under preaching. Not because somebody else thinks we ought to be there. We need to be there because I know I need to be there. But at the same time, don't beat yourself up when the flesh wins sometimes. Romans 6 says the flesh don't have to win ever. But the reality is, Paul says there's a battle going on. And there's a struggle. And both of them are going to win at times. Romans 8, 1, we're about finished. There is therefore now no condemnation. There's no adverse sentence to them which are in Christ Jesus. When you see in Christ Jesus, that's the folks that's accepted Christ as Savior. But look, it doesn't just say that. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who what? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Because I'm here to tell you, if you're saved, and you've got sin in your life, 
and you, and you follow the flesh, and you've made some terrible decisions, listen, you're not done. Confess that, forsake it, move on. The penalty of sin has been paid for. The power of sin has been paid for. We don't have to commit the sin, but the consequences still may be there. The consequences still may be there. That's why, that's why we get such a bad rap as accepting Christ as Savior. Once saved, always saved, eternal security. You've heard all that. Then we go out and do whatever we want to do. I'm here to tell you, you don't get away with it. There's consequences. Again, the penalty's paid for. The power's paid for, but the consequences are still there. Flip over to John 3.18 real quick and we'll close. John 3.18. John chapter 3, verse 18. John 3.18 says, He, this is Jesus talking here, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Condemned to what? Well, let me tell you, if you've, if, you've, if you've never had a time where you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as a payment for your sin, His death, burial, resurrection. Put your faith in the gospel. The Bible says right here, if you believe not, if you haven't done that, you're condemned already. What are you condemned to? A place called hell. A real, literal place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. That's reality for those who don't have that struggle going on inside of you. Because the Bible says a double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. You can't be double-minded if you've never asked Christ to save your soul. So this morning, I could think of no better time to get that penalty of sin paid for like we talked about. Because the penalty of sin, the ways of sin is death, is that eternal separation in a place called hell. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, I'm a whosoever, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're here this morning and you've never done that, I pray that today would be the day. Christian, listen to me. The battle's going on. The battle's going on inside of you. Who's winning? Who are you feeding the most? Do you need to get some stuff right? Do you need to confess sin as what it is, forsake it, and move on? As the piano player comes this morning. We live in the middle. We live the life of the miserable. But I'm here to tell you, there's victory in the mindful. Thanks be to God who gives us a victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day that you've given us, God. Thank you for your many blessings. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, if there's...
If there's one here that's, that's never had that penalty settled, that's never accepted what you did on the cross, you were, you, you were crucified and you buried and you rose again on the third day, and if they've never put their faith and trust in the gospel, never put their faith, faith and trust in, in the person of Jesus Christ as payment for their sin, I pray that they would get that settled today. And Lord, for the Christians, Lord, that had that, that, that battle that you, you told us about this morning that, that rages inside of us between the flesh and the spirit, I pray that, that there would be some folks, including myself, that would get that right this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 657 657 Search me, oh God, I know my heart today. Thank you for your attention this morning. If there's one here, again, catch me on the way out. I can show you from Scripture exactly how you can get that penalty of sin taken care of. Um, if you don't mind, I'll ask Brother Ken. Would you dismiss us in prayer this morning? Father, I thank you that, Lord, that we have been challenged with the message that we've been challenged with this morning, Lord. I thank you for Brother Stephen being obedient this morning, Father. Lord, as we depart, I ask you to give us journey mercy and safety, Lord, uh, to travel home and then bring us back to our 630 service tonight. May we be able to glorify and lift your sweet holy name. Father, thank you for our visitors being here today. And please, Lord, keep our pastor and his wife safe. 
And Lord bless Colin as he's in college, Lord, and I ask you to bring them back to us safe. And all those that are traveling today, Father, as as they're going to college and, and parents, Father, that are heavy-hearted with their ones in college who are away from them today, Lord, I ask you to fulfill, uh, Lord, and I ask you to comfort them. We give you sweet, holy name, Lord, and we praise you today in Christ's name. Amen.